This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Winchester Radio of the Friday evening for us. We're glad you're here and listening. Um, we had a great listening uh, response to our last podcast with Blade Runners, and tonight um, we have Mother's Little Helper, the 17th episode to talk about. Um, good episode, uh, distinguished because it is the supernatural directing debut of Misha Collins. And I think for a first effort on Supernatural, I think he did a good job. Lucky him, he was not in the episode as Castiel. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess we can get started out talking about Mother's Little Helper. We do not have a guest this evening, so we can uh, take call-in uh, questions and comments. That number is 347-205-988. Um, we are at blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard, but you can find out everything about the podcast and Supernatural news, cast, characters, uh, T-shirts on our website, winchesterbros.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. That is Winchester Bros on both places. And uh, thank you very much. And let's get started on the episode Mother's Little Helper, named for, I would assume, the Rolling Stone song of the same name. Great song. Uh, Valiant is always a good time, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Mother's those, Little Helper is a nice views, way of putting it. Those views do not necessarily reflect those of, of Winchester Bros and Media <laughs> Boulevard. <laughs> It's a joke. I've never taken volume in my life. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> wait, no, actually, I, no, wait, have I? I don't know. I've been in the hospital yeah. before. Now, so I, oh, disclaimer, hold on. It's because I'm allergic to morphine. So that's why I didn't think about it. <laughs> well, you know, it's but, funny because... Last episode, I believe Blade Runners, we used, they used the song by Lou Reed, Heroin. This mm-hmm. is Valium. We should say, basically, do not try this at home. <laughs> Supernatural or the Winchester Radio podcast does not endorse use of recreational pharmaceuticals to get you through the season. <laughs> we or don't endorse else. the recreational use of uh, medicinal or illegal drugs. Just don't do it. Okay, and I I have to say that any any television show that has demonic nuns, you know, you're in for a good time. So. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Nothing better than a good demonic nun. I thought it was, <laughs> I, I was just, or a whole group of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you call a group of demonic nuns? What? Is, what? There should be a word for that. 
<laughs> so it does explain a lot about a couple of nuns I had in grade school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so we got backstory in this episode uh, with both Henry Winchester and uh, his fellow woman of letters uh, at the time, Josie Sands over by Abaddon, and we found out that uh, Josie was not Abaddon's first choice for a meat suit. It was Henry, and in following in the great tradition of Winchester men of having a woman sacrifice something for them, uh, Josie True. stepped in and said, "I'll uh, take me, basically take me, and let Henry go. Now, he was not conscious at the time which I'm thinking, uh, again, he would have followed the great Winchester family tradition, or maybe he started it, of, of just sacrificing himself for the cause and said, I'll take Abaddon. But we don't know because he was unconscious at the time. Another Winchester family tradition of being unconscious during big dramatic moments. <laughs> Whatever oh. do you mean? <laughs> So, story on her. Um, and nice, uh, nice job by Elena Huffman, going from Josie to very badass evil Abaddon. And in a habit, in a habit, <laughs> looking looking demonic in a in a nurse's habit, nurse nun's habit, which is not easy. Um, yeah, was, she is always fantastic, though. So, yes, yeah, can't really yeah. can't really expect anything less of her. No pressure mm. on her. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know. Um, it's it's interesting because all along, because the first the first time we met Abaddon, we met her through Josie. Josie's a woman. If she, we thought of her as a woman all this time because she was in Josie. She's, and it's like how we think of Meg always taking a female meat suit, but this particular well, demon, Knight of Hell, was going to take Henry. And she'd already taken a woman before because Abaddon had possessed Colette. Yes. Uh, with Cain, so we're just going, one of the things that I've always kind of liked about Supernatural is that demons don't have gender issues, which I think is really, mm-hmm. really cool. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sucks to be the vessel, you know, because you don't have you don't have anything to say. But wait, I'm not female. You really probably shouldn't possess me since you're a female demon. That'd be awkward. They're like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> but you know, it's like, it I, I always, I yeah, I always, I do always like that. It's ne- it's a complete non-issue for your, mm-hmm. for demons, and I assume for angels. Who knows with angels, but um, I assume that they are junkless. A good a good vessel is a good vessel. That's right. It reminds me of Sajan on Angel, because he was always mm-hmm. making sure that we knew he was a masculine demon, you know, <laughs> flitting about in a masculine way, he would say, you know. So it kind of reminds <laughs> me of that. <laughs> Mm 
great um, guest actors in this episode besides, you know, Elena, who's always great, and Gil McKinney, who, you know, who was um, uh, Grandpa Winchester there. But um, we had Jenny really O'Hara. Loved, um, Jenny O'Hara, yeah. She, it was great to see her. She did an awesome job. Mm-hmm. I got super excited when I saw her because I, this is my confession, I actually really, really love King of Queens, one of my favorite sitcoms, because they're just, it's, if you've never watched King of Queens, watch it in syndication, because you think it's just this annoying, like, stereotypical New Yorker kind of show, but no, it's so dysfunctional, it's fantastic. But she plays the lead character's mom, so she doesn't come out all the time, but when she does, she's so good. And, yeah, I got super excited. Mm. Uh, yeah, she's last, she's terrific. She's been at everything. Last year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it was last year she was on Rizzoli and Isles playing a nun. She was Sister Winifred something. So I was like, hey, she's got some experience there. <laughs> well, before yes, I watched she played a very episode. terrifying uh, uh, principal from years ago. Was it Frost principal? Probably. Yeah, but she was pretty pretty scary. <laughs> On there. Yeah. Well, before I, yeah. Before I watched the episode, because number one, I'm Mountain Standard Time, and two, my DVR decided to not record this episode. So before I watched it, every, I saw everyone on Twitter going, "Oh my God, it's that woman from Everything. Who is it? Who is it?" So by the time mm. I finally saw it, she came out. I was like, "It's Jenny O'Hara, everybody. God." <laughs> which, which is funny because Becky can attest that I'm actually the worst person when it comes to that. I'm like, yes, it's that person who's on that show with that guy, and it was funny, you know. <laughs> so yeah, the fact that like, I know was trade. so proud of myself. Yeah, I was so <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, she's been in everything. I was just looking down her credits, and she was in a couple episodes of Roswell. I'm having mm-hmm. Roswell nostalgia from the picture Katie Katie Heagle tweeted yesterday. I've been having Roswell, Roswell emotions for, like, days now. Just uh, want to roll around in Roswell. I know this is about the podcast for that, but yes, I just want to roll around in and Roswell. I really like the actress who played Mother Superior as well. Um, she was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know I recognize her. I, I'm looking at her on IMDb, and um, probably from she used to be on Reaper. Um, she has um, been gone for I don't a while. know what I recognize her from because I never watched Reaper. Um, she's again, she's one of those that's been in everything. Oh, she was a she was a nurse in the X Files episode Memento Mori. Oh, uh, I think she was in yeah. Fringe. You watched Fringe? <gasps> yeah. So, nope. Fringe. I watched yeah, like was... the first half of the first season of Fringe. I don't think that counts as watching Fringe. Ah, uh, she was in. No, uh, I've been I meant that Fringe. <laughs> I didn't watch it either. I've been doing a fringe rewatch, and yeah, I've been doing a fringe rewatch, and she—I just watched the episode of Fringe she was in last night. So, no, mm-hmm. my 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 only fringe thing is that I went to a fringe the the, the farewell fringe panel at Comic Con two years ago, and it made me wish I had watched the show because they were fantastic. But yeah, no. Oh, I saw Fringe mm-hmm. film once. I saved the war. We saved the wardrobe. Sort of counts. Right? <laughs> See? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, it's, yeah, it's like, well, it's on my list, you know, someday when I win the lotto and I can live the life of leisure and watch every TV show and movie, I 
I own a DVD for or would like to own the DVD for. So <laughs> Fringe is on there. Just too much TV, too little time. Um, but and the the side story for this episode was I feel I feel weird saying this because as much as I love the actors that were in involved in the nun story, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the Dean Crowley stuff so much more. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's Dean and Crowley. I mean, you gotta love Dean and Crowley whenever they're together. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you have to love Crowley when he's with anybody because Mark Shepard. There's yes. just Mark Shepard's going to be. Yeah, he's going to be flawless no matter what. He's so but, manipulative. Um, Crowley, not yeah. Mark Shepard. <laughs> Maybe Mark. But he and Jen, he and Jensen are playing oh. the storyline extremely well off of each other. It's mm. it's beyond impressive. I he's Jensen is starting to show the effects of the mark of Cain more and more. You know, we're to, to me like at the beginning when uh, Sam is trying to persuade Dean to come with him on this case and you can see Dean very focused but you can see just under the surface he's he's shaking and thinking about the mark of Cain and not wanting to think about it and and he's spoiling with all these new feelings and emotions and everything from the mark of Cain and what he wants and probably rage and darkness and he's just barely hanging on even though he doesn't look like it and I think Jensen's doing a very good job of, of showing it and letting it bleed through occasionally a little bit. It's funny that you say boiling because I was thinking simmering. Because oh. it is ever so slight. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. this under the surface little thing that he's doing. It's, it gives you it gives it kind of makes you pull away from Dean and just go, Mmm, you you're making me really uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. Which is what what which is the intention. Yeah. And I think whether Sam realizes it or consciously or, or subconsciously, he knows something is different, something has changed. And instead of him being angry and and uh, wanting to be by himself and going back in his room and shutting the door and not wanting to talk, now he's the one coming to Dean, are you coming on the case? And then Dean Finally, finally convinces him, no, I'm not going, and he's working on the research, and Sam just stares at him and then bangs his hand on the table and then, not hard, just enough to sort of drag his, the papers along, with him, like trying to stay, trying to get a little more attention from Dean, not quite willing to walk away. And this is, this is a different Sam than, than we've seen lately. Cause I'm going know. to hold... I'm going to hold absolutely every thought, feeling, opinion about Sam until the finale or else I will have a rage blackout on our <laughs> podcast and it will be not it'll be so unattractive for everybody involved. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, well, I, I have to say what, and this is not Sam-related at all, so this should be good. Um, <laughs> my uh, my very favorite thing in this whole entire episode was seeing Alan Sawkins in it. Yeah, yes, we love Alan. Yes. Oh, Alan is so He's such a friend of ours. You know, everybody here on the podcast at Winchester Brothers, we, mm-hmm. we just love Alan. And just get it, you know, he was he was in an episode of Psych a few months ago. Um, for those who don't know him, he was Deacon Jim in Divine, the series, the web series that Misha was in and Ivan Hayden created, um, Jason Fisher, um, Kirk Jacks, everybody. Um, and then, you know, to see Alan show up in an episode of Supernatural, that was just, so flipping amazing! It's just oh, mm-hmm. I was just to see him. And he had, you know, he he had two scenes. He didn't get killed off in his first one. He was in there twice. So, it you know, it was just excellent to see him. And I hope we get to see him in more. Mm-hmm. And it's strange because it's so all three of us have been to con- all three of us have been to conventions, and so we've met the cast, we've met the crew, we've met you know. But it was really weird to see. I'd be like, I know him. <laughs> yes, yeah, I know him. him. <laughs> He's like an actual friend. You know? Yeah, that's my friend. <laughs> so it was a completely different feeling to be like, yes, I've met Jared. I've met Jed. We've spoken. Yes, yes. It was very, very different. Mm-hmm. I have not had a chance to meet him yet, but I, I wish I could. We have very lovely conversations on Twitter sometimes. And, and he's like the nicest, sweetest man. And then, of course, you and, know, actor, of course, and seeing him in this episode, soulless, you know. Yes. <laughs> very different, but it was great. It was so great to see him. So. And for those who don't know who Alan was in the episode, he was the um, van driver. Mm-hmm. The guy with the white hair mm-hmm. and the beard between the van. That was Alan. Yes. For St. Bonaventure. The creepy convent, <laughs> and um, you can follow Alan on Twitter at at Alan Salkins. That's A L L E N S A W K I N S. He's great. He always has some wonderful, inspirational tweets. So give him a follow. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll enjoy it. And how about Crowley manipulating Dean through the entire episode? And and I I confess. He he got me about the hunter, the supposed hunter, the demon hunter. I, me that, too. I didn't I didn't suspect that either. And I I really thought it. And it's so maybe because it was so typically Dean to to see someone he recognized as a hunter struggling and try to give him the benefit of his experience. And the guy played it pretty well, and I just didn't even realize that he was actually working for Crowley and was and was a test. So I'm not hundred percent sure what the test was, but the, well, that I took it as a test was that Dean will choose for Crowley to live as an ally right now rather than allow him to be taken out. I think it would have been slightly more successful if it hadn't been a rookie hunter, if the hunter would have been like, no, I've done this, like this is fine, and have Dean try to worm out of that instead of it being so easy Mm -hmm. as, you know, I just don't, 
don't think you have the experience kid kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the the point came across just fine, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sorry, it's that <laughs> it's a slight shallow break from episode discussion, but there was just something about Dean racking the pool balls with his arms. Like, <laughs> you know, no rack, no problem. My arm yeah, that was the pool table. I was like, ooh. <laughs> that was just that was one of those things where you're like, I didn't know I would ever think that's attractive. I feel like if I saw a guy do that in real life, I'd be like, you're such a douche. Get a get a rack. Who do you think you are? But Dean does it. I'm like, do it again. <laughs> yeah. Like Dean does it. So like, oh yeah. And they were so compact. And it was it was just so perfect. But yeah, yeah they look like what a ass. <laughs> so, you know, further enabling the fact that we as a fan don't think Dean can do no wrong. <laughs> yeah, it just reminded me of the preview for next week, where you know, no, I'm sorry, the 15th. Don't want to freak anybody out. What? The seventh? No, it's the 15th <laughs> next episode. The 15th. And, you yeah. know, it's this. It's going to be this huge, dramatic episode with lots of characters and lots of things going on, and we're starting to get into the end of the season, and the entire fandom is, Dean's in the shower! Dean's in the shower! <laughs> 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 like, wee, Dean's in the shower! Well, you know, it's, you know here's the thing. As a, as, a, as a fan base that watches the CW, we are the ones we are the ones watching the show that doesn't have their mm-hmm. male leads prancing around shirtless all the time. So when it happens for us, it is actually like a national holiday because we are not spoiled yes. by that. <laughs> we're not we're not the Arrow fandom going mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, or the Amel has no people. shirt on. Yeah, Amel has no shirt on, or you know anybody has no shirt on must be CW. We're going to take off them to take their shirts off? Whoa. Yeah. I mean, it happens so so rarely that yep, we do have to mark the occasion. By flailing about it on Twitter incessantly. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I was totally, I was, that night, um, it happened, you know, in the episode first air, and everybody was talking about this Dean shower scene. I'm like, I did not see a Dean shower scene in this episode. If I'm not saying she texted me, she goes, what is everybody talking about? Did not take a shower? I was like, no, preview. Because uh, I thought I was going crazy. How did I miss a Dean shower scene? Well, and everybody, like, on my personal Twitter account, I had said, like, ugh, my DVR didn't record it. I'm going to have to wait for it to show up on the website, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, ah, oh, that sucks. You haven't seen the preview. And I'm like, oh, no, I watched the preview as soon as you guys started flailing about it everywhere. The preview I see. We're fine. So, yeah, so she was like, what are they talking about? I was like, I haven't even watched the episode, but it's here. Go look. <laughs> So we will have we will probably spend the majority of that podcast talking about that. Um, also, and I say this with a lot of love in my heart. This is kind of this is still shallow, but changing gears. Um, 
of the cast of the crew that we've ever met, my biggest meltdown was meeting Jeannie Chow. And uh, again, something Becky can attest to. Where I'm pretty chill about most things, and I just have like a complete meltdown meeting her. And um, <laughs> it was cute. It was cute. <laughs> I met her within 10 minutes of meeting James Marsters and I was much much cooler with James Marsters than I was with Jeannie much cooler <laughs> um, yeah my normal just flew out the window with her that said Sam's hair was so painful for me in this episode why why is it parted and, and it's it's like a bouffant, and it's just, it's oh, why, why, why? I don't understand. So, I don't know. Yes. If I ever see Jeannie again, I'll be like, you know I love you because I freak you out. But can we talk about the hair in this episode? Because no. <laughs> no. Can we go back to Can no. we go back to season eight hair, please? Thank you. Oh, yes. She's an eight hair. Uh, such good, good hair. Yes. yes. <laughs> She's an eight hair. Never forget. <laughs> never, <laughs> never forget. Uh, um, we need a memorial page for the season eight. <laughs> Glorious. <laughs> Glowing. <laughs> Beautiful, majestic, lion mane of, of hair. Um, the souls, because they did make it a point to, um, the episode was penned by Adam Glass, and he did make it a point to reference back when Sam had a soul, but I do feel like these people were behaving very differently from Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that they explained it by saying, well, everybody reacts differently. Okay. And Sam did kill without remorse, which is what he these people were remorse, doing. But, he didn't, but he, didn't kill just, he didn't kill just because people annoyed him. He was yeah, very well, logical about of, it. Right? Well, well, that, that we I mean, because we didn't It was very so much, much presented to us. But, mm-hmm. you know, in the explanation that was presented to us is that he would take a logical leap. Like, yes, he might use a child as a shield, but he would have a reason for it. Not that that's the right thing to do, but mm-hmm. he would very much the ends justify the means. Where mm-hmm. these people seem to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I find you very irritating. Let me slit your throat. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely different. But we, we didn't see every every day of Sam, and we also didn't see soulless Sam when he first became soulless. So I wonder That's if true. he was different at the beginning, because these people were freshly soulless, and they also Which became soulless had, at a different method as well. So yeah, And I've always had a very big issue with how this show deals with soullessness, like okay, so you have no soul, so your biological functions no longer work, you don't sleep, you don't eat because you have no soul? I have never understood that. So I guess I'm, yeah, I, I don't give get that either. Pass. Yeah, I give it a pass because I've never accepted how this show deals with soullessness, so why try? <laughs> why am I going to try now? <laughs> uh, I yeah. just, I don't know, and I, what well, does Abaddon have some kind of like, 
miracle grow for making souls into demons? Because it takes a long time. Yes, you must go to hell and be tortured for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. So maybe she does yeah. have, a, have a way to do it more quickly. Because if you're going to have an, uh, an army, it's <laughs> the faster the better. So yeah. I mean, it's and, like um, the nun was harvesting the souls for her, and you don't necessarily tell everybody the entire plan. You get your little tiny piece of it, but you, nobody knows the overall plan but Abaddon. So maybe there's more to it. Is there a method? I don't know. I have found it very strange how Dean is very fixated on Abaddon. Um, and at least they're at least they're finally bringing in a reason for her to be an, a, a real concern because as much as I enjoy the character, I don't find her to be that big of a concern the way they're making her seem. I don't mm-hmm. get that either. Why isn't Dean more after Gadriel than Thank you, cause that was Abaddon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the whole point of going to get the mark. And then as soon as he got the mark, it's like he took on – he absorbed Kane's girlfriend issues. Like, why? <laughs> I don't understand it. This is, while they had never been able to kill Abaddon before, because, you know, they didn't have the means, it's not like they haven't been able to beat her before. They've been able to defeat her. Mm-hmm. So couple that with the fact that the reason Abaddon's a technical threat right now is because they had Crowley locked up in their dungeon. It's not like she just randomly overpowered Crowley. It's kind of their fault. And she hasn't done anything personally to them, whereas Metatron and Gadriel have done it. And usually that's what makes them go off and get obsessed with people and hunting them down is because they have messed with them personally. So the fact Mm -hmm. that he is just letting Gadriel and Metatron go while he focuses on Abaddon, I don't get that part. Well, it would make sense if if it was different in that Crowley, Crowley had the first blade and the blade had something to do with killing Gadriel or getting rid of Metatron. And he said, well, I'll give you the blade, but first you have to help me get rid of Abaddon and then you can have the blade. It's kind of, if it had been that way, it made a little more, it would have tied in a little bit more. I have no idea why the first blade would be that big a weapon, but it is a very powerful weapon, and you'd need one to deal with Gadriel and Metatron. So, but it's the way it is. It's just Dean's after Abaddon. But that's Crowley's, you know. I don't understand. I feel like everybody's fighting the wrong fight. To focus him on Abaddon? I feel like everyone's oh. fighting the wrong fight. Like, everyone has... It's like a video game, and everyone has is fighting the wrong boss level. I'm so... I don't mm. understand. And why isn't Sam more angry at Gadriel? Like, why isn't he, like, obsessed with finding Gadriel? Gadriel, I, I can't say Gadriel. You know, it's like that's that's the issue, and yeah, yeah. Sidebar is being angry at Dean, but Dean didn't know it was he can't even just, it was Okay, no, wait, I forgot. I forgot. I can't talk about Sam because I'll rage <laughs> <laughs> black. I almost, I almost, I almost voiced some an opinion, and we're just not going to do it. 
So, <laughs> but oh, how do I get around that? And okay, no, I just don't. Under, I don't understand anybody's motivation for anything right now. I don't get it. Except for Crowley. Crowley has every reason to be pissed off at Abaddon and want to go after her or want someone to go after her. He's mm-hmm. the only one. But frankly, if he would just kill the Winchesters already, there's 80% of his problem with Abaddon right there. Done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, I, as much as I love Supernatural and I know it's it's on a network where the standard is 20, 22 episodes, 23 episodes a season. I, I can, I can understand other shows that get it done in 13 because they just pack Mm -hmm. everything into half the time. So things move more quickly. And I think that that's a little bit the way this is, you know, they, they excuse it by saying, well, all the research, all the lore is a dead end. Well, we may as well work on a case until something breaks with for the season is. And and I I understand that. Supernatural tends to benefit either when it's when you have either no discernible arc until midpoint three quarters through, or when they do the kind of bait and switch arc mm-hmm. where you you know you think that everything's all wrapped up like episode 15 and you're like well but we still have okay and then you find out that no that's going to lead into something else this is just this I don't I don't know what the point is <laughs> what is the point other than <laughs> other than being it gets to be really really like hot <laughs> <laughs> maybe that is the point <laughs> Because he's all like growly and unfeeling and angry and drunk, and I—that's I, just really attractive on him. But I don't understand what anybody or anything else is going on right now. <laughs> and, and like Susan said, you know, there are a lot of TV shows like Sleepy Hollow, Orphan Black, that sort of thing. They have you know a really short run, like twelve, thirteen episodes, and that's it for the season. But then you do have to wait like a whole other year. You know, for them That's to come true. back mm-hmm. with yes. and Black. Oh my God! April nineteenth is coming back. I can't wait. It's so good. Um, yeah, but it's like um, I just saw the finale of The Walking Dead, and I'm like, October? What do you mean October? Right, right. <laughs> well, then you get through. You get to your first half of the season, and you're done in November, and they're like, so coming in mid-February. You're like, oh God, really? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> You know, then there's there's Vampire Diaries on CW, which, first of all, Supernatural is way far superior to Vampire Diaries. Don't think I'm comparing them to two because I'm not. Uh, <laughs> Supernatural is superior is the superior show. But I've never watched Vampire, Vampire Diaries, so. <laughs> with with Vampire Diaries, um, they they do have 22, 23 episodes a season, whatever, and they don't have stellar episodes. Basically, every one of their episodes goes along with the story arc. I, you know, I have. Been, they don't have any. Just you know, oh, let's go off and do something completely different this episode. Well, which makes less fun because you don't get the fun episodes like changing channels, you know, um, uh, the French mistake, that sort of thing. You don't get those fun episodes. I was yeah, also, also they have a bigger cast. That's true. They have a bigger cast and more stories, so they do have more to but deal I with. But I think also you know. I. I think 
Uh, how do I say this? I'm going to put this in a really vague way. I think sometimes we confuse filler episodes because they don't directly go, look, here's the arc, when it's not really a filler per se. Like, you can easily say, um, I just had a complete blackout. The fish taco episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. You could say that's filler, but I don't think that it is. It's not filler. There were mm. clearly heavy anvils of points there. Same thing with mm. sharp teeth. Very heavy anvils of, of point. So I think sometimes we call it filler because it doesn't involve Crowley, Abaddon, Bartholomew at the time. It, you're not directly getting that connection. And so we sit there and go, oh, well, this is filler. But it's not because... In reality, that's how the show began. That is the real show. You know what I mean? Am I explaining that right? I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to explain it without sounding like a total jerk. Um, <laughs> that's the easiest thing to do. <laughs> I don't mean it in a jerk way. But I think that sometimes mm-hmm. we've just come to, because of the evolution the show has taken, we kind of come to forget that, that's closer to the root of the show than what we think is. And so now what we call filler isn't really filler. It's the actual Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I like episodes like that. It's It's like the episode where they don't mention anything about anything, you know, like that's, that's going on, like the Mark of Cain or whatever, but I, I don't mind a case episode that, furthers those things or ta- at least talks about them somehow. Um, mm-hmm. We have a caller. We have a caller who's been waiting a few minutes. So I actually think it's more a Skyper. <laughs> um, I'm going to put them on the air. Hello? Hello. Hello. I'd like to, um, i got to say, though, those damn Islams ruining the show. You know, I, I turn on my TV <laughs> and all I see all these anti-white commercials just makes okay, me... Okay, please hang, hang up on them. I ain't gonna hang up, lady. Sorry about that. Moving on. Okay. Wow. That, that wasn't funny. <laughs> What's that? I feel like that was our Bob from Chattanooga on The Talking Dead. That was our Bob from Chattanooga right there. <laughs> Bob from Chattanooga was so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were due. We were due. It has been a long time, so we were due. Yeah. <laughs> it happens once in a while. Um, oh, we got drunk dialed from the UK one time, as I recall, and we went on and on about a lot of stuff that really had nothing to do with Supernatural, but it happens every now and then. Anyway. Thank you, Bob, from Chattanooga. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> but really. But, no. I I, can't, so, I don't even know where to go right now. <laughs> so, I know, I know. Seriously. So, 
Um, <laughs> well, I was going to say that that I just I just thought of just a beautiful visual in this episode was the souls in the jars. Shout out to the visual effects department, those great guys. I oh, like the souls yes. in the jars, and then when Sam let them loose and the souls knew where to go back, which seems they knew very easily. And again, I think that's part of Sam's being soulless, very different than these people being soulless, maybe the process, because for Sam to get his soul back, it was very traumatic. But, but that was because but his, his soul was still you know, in hell, so I think that's the big difference. It was still in hell, and it was also the 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 realization for everyone that his soul wasn't in good condition. Yes, you know. his souls were fairly newly taken, so nothing had been yeah. done. They were just sort of waiting in the jar. And they weren't the jar. They were just hanging out. Yeah, they were just hanging out in the jar. Yeah. But I thought that was really I'm cool going... about them going back to their people, and usually that effect when mist or smoke or whatever leaves a character or, or uh, comes in or goes, it's very traumatic for them. You know, they shake and scream and often with demon smoke. But this time with the soul, I thought it was very peaceful. It was just a return. And and that was a nice difference as well. I'm going to be the one dissenting opinion on this. And my caveat is going to be that it's not that I don't think the VFX department didn't do it well. They did what they did well. I just didn't like it. It looked like a glowing fairy. Like um, I would have liked something. I would have liked something wispier, or possibly invisible. I didn't like it being this glowing firebug kind of thing. So, like I said, it's not that they didn't do it well because they did what they did well. It's just that it mm-hmm. wasn't. I. I've always agreed with, like, what Kripke said, you know, the hellhounds were scary because you couldn't see them. Mm. And sometimes I think something's also, the flip side of that is something more beautiful when you don't see it. So I would have liked something much more gauzy, uh, wispy, than such a condensed ball of light. But that's just a personal mm. opinion. Just a personal it it kind of, that's pretty much the way we saw it previously, though, uh, you know, when Death brought Sam's soul back to him, he had in his, you know, in his hand, it was a ball of light in his hand. Yeah, that's why I said they did what they did well, and it was within, you know, it was the continuity. It's just something I've never actually liked for the soul. And, hmm. and I think... Well, that in that case, then, the demon's smoke really shouldn't be visible either. It's a tortured soul. Well, no, but see, the, so the, smoke, is such a, yeah, the smoke is such an impact. And it is, it's smoke. So we see it as, a, it's a dense smoke. This is like a condensed ball of light. I don't know, it's just weird for me. It always has been. I just mm-hmm. think it should be wispier. <laughs> I want it wispy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> my, isn't your soul wispy? Because my soul is very wispy. <laughs> Maybe everybody's soul looks different. Maybe as if, if the souls had spent more time away from their their meat suit, for lack of a better expression, they would get wispier over time. 
without a physical presence to affect maybe them like, somehow. Maybe it's like losing weight. You know, the, you know, the longer you're away from the body, the more you weight your your soul loses. <laughs> I yeah. can work with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The judges will accept that. At least they weren't like sparkly and, you know, and that sort of crazy thing. Um, so I do like, I suppose it's somewhat similar as when they show a soul going to heaven, going to the light, mm-hmm. and you don't really see it. It's like Bobby or, I'm sorry, I forgot her name, Patricia Helfer's character in Roadkill, where they are they finally move on. Molly. And Molly. And they finally move on, and we don't really actually see them their body turning into it, but we just see the light and the reflection and the reaction of the other people. And that's a that's a really beautiful, cool effect to me. So mm-hmm. maybe something like that you were going for, kind of. So we yeah, have body I, I, soul. Go ahead. I, I, well, uh, kind of along the same lines, I was going to say, I really liked how in um, uh, the one – where death goes on holiday. What was it? I couldn't remember the name of it the other day. The last <laughs> time we, we were talking about it on the podcast. Uh, with Tessa, the reaper, she came back and she was reaping the little boy who was the last person to die in that town. I mm-hmm. liked how basically she, I thought it was beautifully done, how she, she how Tessa just basically absorbed the little boy into herself. I, I thought mm-hmm. that was, I always thought that was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is really cool. Reaper, Reaper's on vacation. <laughs> That's <laughs> a comedy. And I always want to say, Reaper's on vacation. <laughs> Reaper's gone wild. What? <laughs> Spring break Reapers. <laughs> yeah. So by now we've got 180 some titles to remember. So, oh, yeah, I know. It's a lot. Remember yeah. back when, when the show had only been on for two or three years? I don't know about you, but, like, what I would do at night when, if I couldn't sleep is I would lay in bed and I would try and think up the titles in order. And, you know, that's how I would fall asleep. And it's like, oh, my God, now there's there's no way. Right. My best friend and I used to do that to each other randomly. One of us would just go pilot and we would start doing them. For some uh-huh. reason, we'd always, no matter who said pilot, the other one would go, uh, and forget Wendigo every time. <laughs> but once we got to Wendigo, we could do it all. And somewhere mm-hmm. around season five to six, we just went, I, I can't do this anymore. And we used to yeah. do it with Buffy, too. And if mm-hmm. there's something about once you hit past, like, five seasons of a show, you're just yeah. like, yeah. Season 7, episode 22, the one with, because it's, which actually, no, that's mm-hmm. survival of the fittest. But anyway. <laughs> it's the one where the Reapers go on vacation. <laughs> yeah, Spring Break Reapers. Uh, <laughs> spring but, uh, Break Reapers. <laughs> oh, dear. But, but I already have, I will I will say, I have trouble, which we just, realized, we just noticed when I said, you know, the one with the fish taco. 
I already have trouble with with season nine. It's just it's so difficult at this point to remember all mm-hmm. the episodes. So it it's is. always really cool like, to me when someone throws yeah when someone throws an episode out at like Jared and Jensen and they're like oh yeah and I'm like you how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> because the Buffy cast when they used to do that with the Buffy cast they couldn't even do past season one. They're like I don't know. So I've yeah. always thought that was really really cool that Jared and Jensen can do it. Because, mm. you know, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a lot. But you know what? It's 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 their job. It's part of their job description to remember things, to have a good memory. So that's why I'm, I'm impressed that they remember titles or remember fans' names, like, you know, and, and, and things, because there are so many of us and just a couple of them. But I'm I'm impressed, but I'm not surprised, because... That's in their job description, and they're very, right. very good at their job. So, yeah, for any actor. So, yeah. Well, so. But yeah, I mean, I, I have the same thing. It's like you get to past fifth or sixth season of a show, and I'm done. I there's occasionally some episodes stand out. They just maybe the title is just particularly memorable. So there's a couple, but at a certain point. And and not just supernatural, like you're saying, Buffy, same thing. I can remember a mm-hmm. ton of Buffy titles and everything, and then it just gets to a point where, nope, there anymore. Or you can't do it in order anymore. Like, I can still do Buffy through season seven, but I have to, I'm like, pass, skip, skip, pass. Wait, did that come before that one, or was it that one? No, it's that one. So, you know. I can. There are episodes. There are episode titles from season six and seven that I can do. Right now, I can't think of a single season eight of title. Wow. But the point <laughs> is, is it gets hard. <laughs> we need to talk about Kevin. There we go. Boom. Season eight. <laughs> um. I don't know. Um. Being so, drinking again, drinking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> drinking a lot. Well, you know, he wasn't I, for a long time, or was drinking well, no, because a, oh, a little I, bit of whiskey with Sam at the end of a case or something, but he's back to But he hadn't drinking. been, like, binge drinking alcoholic, because supposedly purgatory, like, super cleansed him, like, instantly. Mm-hmm. And now... Oh, but I thought it was really interesting, and I would love to know if it was just because, you know, job well done, you get a beer. But the last scene with Sam and Dean, well, since Dean is hiding his drinking, he's not drinking anything, and you have it very obvious that Sam has a beer with him. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that's something Adam had in the script or something Misha decided to do for, you know, some kind of counterbalance. I don't know. Um Misha, if you're listening, feel free to either call in or schedule yourself as a guest so that we can pick your brain about it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you can be. You can. You can re. You can re come on our podcast anytime you'd like. <laughs> open yes. invitation. The door is always open. Yes. Um, but until that happens. <laughs> um. I guess we can, and hopefully someone will 
ask it to. There's a lot I'd like to pick Misha's brain about for this episode. Um, as far as as a director, because it's always fun to have directors. Like whenever we've had Guy, and you get to find you know all the little things that they put in that you sometimes don't even notice and why they do it. And I would mm-hmm. love to know what what Misha's little ticks were. What he uh, what he chose to be his his Easter eggs person. You know, I would really like to know that. Yeah, because Guy is awesome for putting those in. So yeah, I'd like to know mm-hmm. if Misha put any. And I can I can I can imagine that Misha would be it's something that would interest Misha a lot to do that because he just seems like the kind of be like tee hee I put that there kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. I would really, yeah. really, really like to know. Me too. Um, uh, okay, so I'm going to say this. Again, I feel like all I'm doing is full disclosure and caveat and disclaimer. So my disclaimer is, is that I watched the first 20 minutes of the, of the episode the Wednesday after it aired. And I watched the last 22 minutes, or what, I don't know, math is hard, the rest, right before this podcast. So I had over a week gap. I watched this episode, took me over a week to watch. Mm-hmm. So I Was think I missed something. No, 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 I just had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um. And because I had to watch it on my computer, I, it makes me lazier to do that when I, instead of watching it on my actual yeah. TV or my DVR. It yeah. just makes me a little bit lazier to do so. And I get very distracted. I'm really, really distracted. I'm like, oh, what's on YouTube? Let's pause and move on. Um, but I've just really I've just had a really, really, really busy week or so. Um, so I may have missed something. <laughs> but um, so... Agnes was just a disciple of Abaddon, right? That's why even when Abaddon left her, she still uh, she didn't continued age. to carry on. Huh? She didn't age? Well, no. Like she, why didn't she age? And why did she speak in 1958 like it was 2007? Wasn't she a demon? Like, well, but no, yeah, Abaddon was demon. in her. Okay, but why would demons even speak that way back then? Like, she was like, ain't, and then when we came back to her, she's like, ah, heck, and I'm like, this is a very weird verbal tick you have. But I don't know if I missed something. <laughs> it was really weird. And I don't, I didn't quite, again, where I paused and picked up. So when Abaddon was in her, and then Abaddon was out of her, and she told her, play dead, what was she when Abaddon was out of her? Okay, see, there were two. Because it wasn't was, a normal exorcism. There were two that was, nuns. There were two nuns. There was okay, a nun Abaddon was in. There was a nun Abaddon was in, and then there was a lower-level demon who was possessing a different nun. Okay, all right. All nuns look alike. <laughs> <laughs> and the, lo- the lower-level demon, you know, stayed there. That was the one that um, Sam went and fought at the end. She was the one taking care of all the souls in the jars. Okay, so I right. confused too. Yep. That's why I said, you know, I had to say, I had to, I had to be honest that I was paying more attention to certain things and 
than not things, and when I say certain things, I mean Dean and Crowley. Yeah. <laughs> I was just far more invested in that. <laughs> so. Well, speaking of nuns, <laughs> we should talk about the wonderful Jenny O'Hara playing Sister Julia, who didn't stay a nun. And Jenny O'Hara played her, of course, as an older um, woman who left the left the convent. And she did, she's an amazing character actress, and she did a great job. I liked her with Sam. They had a very nice chemistry here. Can you talk about the scene with, with Sam? Sam? Are you Can you talk about that, <laughs> You all can feel free. Feel free. I will sit here and listen. If I just listen, I don't black out. Well, she actually... This has nothing to do with Sam, uh, but the character reminded me a lot. Uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, my best friend in fourth and fifth grade, her mother used to be a nun. And oh. Yeah, and so, you know, I've never known of any, you know, I was only in fourth and fifth grade, so I didn't, hadn't known many people anyways. But, you know, at that point <laughs> I'd never known anybody who had, you know, was a nun and was not any longer. So mm-hmm. she and... and um, um, the sister O'Hara here, she even, um, Wilkinson, whatever her name was, um, she reminded me a, a lot of my friend Elaine's mom. They dressed alike, talked alike, um, you know, they're, they're hmm. very similar. Hmm. But really good. Oh, and the, uh, I know we're still nuns. Sorry. The building, the building that they used for St. Bonaventure um, mm-hmm. has also been used several times in Supernatural. Um, uh, children shouldn't, no, it's the one in second season uh, with all the dolls and, you, you know. Playthings. Playthings. I always want to say children shouldn't play with dead things, but that yes. was the one with the zombie girl, and they're so confusing. Okay. But yeah, that was the hotel. <laughs> yes, and it, it, it's been used a bunch of times. It's the uh, one where um, the old lady flirted and danced with Sam in Red Sky in season mm-hmm. three, and just yeah, that building's been used a lot. Mm. I always want to call Red Sky Red Mist in the morning every time. <laughs> like, you know. that, that would be scary. Some red mist. That would be scary. I yeah. always want to call it Red Mist Morty. You know, like, that's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, well, I guess, okay, so so the, the, demon, the demon nun had been gathering these souls and keeping an eye on things all this time because she was still dressed as a nun. But Sister, non-Sister Julia, Julia's just plain old Julia now, I guess, Jenny O'Hara's mm-hmm. character, she came to, to the sheriff and she said, they're back, those demons are back. I wonder, she didn't notice anything before? Has she always lived there in that close proximity to the convent where all this horrible things happened to her and there's still a demon nun? Hmm. And I wonder if that's the first time she gone to the sheriff 
department and, and said that. Now, she was talking to a younger deputy, so if she had been there before, it wasn't to him that she probably spoke to. But... Not sure. Yeah. Beats me. I have no um, idea. Um, not sure. Very off topic, but still, can you remind me when you were talking about the the jail for the uh, station? I really, really, really enjoyed how disturbing the people in the cells were. Mm. Like, um, even when he hung, hung, hung himself... And, you know, the the guy banging his head on the bars and, you know, just writing on the walls in your own blood. It's and scraping really their fingers to do it. I mean, they just kept oh, scraping their hands over and over and that's, to that's make the blood that to make not, the words. That's, that's one of my big, like, <laughs> like, in, um, oh, my God. But one more being is a, is a shapeshifter. Skin. 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 When, well, yeah, skin. When he, um, when he changes and he breaks his fingernails on the, oh, ha, 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 ha. so that's one of those things yeah. I'm not good about. But so, but in a, because, but I like that. I like being disturbed. I like being scared. Or I like when things attempt mm-hmm. to scare me or scare me. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. very often. So I really liked that that Adam went there. I, I really did like that. Yeah, they were yeah. super creepy. And it, the the episode this year, um, the Kim Rhodes came back on, and Dean and the virgins were underground. Remember, they showed the girl scraping her fingernails on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I had to look away. Horrible. Oh, I had to look away. Or even in a, yes. a very supernatural Christmas when they're pulling mm-hmm. the nail yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Anything that's anything that's fingernails, eyeballs. I just oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Um, but in a good way. Keep doing it, guys. Thanks. Yeah, it was really, really, really creepy, and it's tough after nine seasons to think of new things to be really creepy and scary and sticky mm-hmm. like that. Um, the souls came back to. Everyone who who had it taken, but at least one of them was was dead. So there was no no body for that soul to go back. To. Well, that so, poor soul is just floating around because you can't get into heaven. Can't get into heaven now. Would that soul go to hell because she was a murderer? Or will it be stuck in the veil? Will it be stuck in the veil? Is it stuck in the veil? Well, the soul didn't murder. Anything... The soul didn't murder anybody. The soul's an innocent. Yeah, the soul wasn't even around. Nope. Oh, of course they get into heaven, but can they get into hell, or are they just stuck no matter where they're headed? I think you can get into, well, I don't think. You can get into hell. You just can't get into heaven. Okay. And I wonder and unless- if those souls are getting crazy because, you know, the longer the spirit stays on earth or out of where it's supposed to go, it starts to get twisted. And I, I know, would imagine. So, I wonder. Only because this scene popped up on the, it's running while I'm 
um, talking with you guys. The best thing in the whole entire episode was when Sam was getting choked and he pulls out a phone with a recorded exorcism on it. I yes. love that so much. The first time that when, when that aired that night, I about cracked up because it's like Sam knows that he gets choked so much that he needs that, that exorcism recorded. That <laughs> was very I, awesome. All I can think oh, is Sam. There's an app for that. Yeah, it was very much. It was very much one of those "thank you for making fun of yourselves" writers kind of thing. Yes, yes. Um, but and I have... forget who, because somebody asked Adam about it, and he actually attributed the idea to somebody else, and I can't remember who it was. Well, whoever it was, I want to send them a basket of cookies or something because it was awesome. <laughs> it was. It really was. It's as as wonderful a moment as the recording of the exorcism over the entire jail for Justin right, Bellow. Right. Yep, and then putting the rosary in the sprinkler system. In, mm-hmm. in no rest for the wicked? Something with no rest for the wicked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's like the podcast. We're like playing charades tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, guys, we're usually much better at this. If you if you're a new listener, I promise you, we're much better than this usually. I know. Like, oh. And you know, if there isn't already one, there should be like a hunter's app because you could put the exorcism in there. You know, you could put all sorts of handy spells in the app. You know, you don't have to lug around all those books. Oh, <laughs> like um, an app on your phone. <laughs> The exorcism. phone exorcism. Yeah, according to Adam, the phone exorcism was Andrew, uh, Andrew Dobbs. He's awesome. Uh, yes, yeah, so. Surprised. Yeah, I not really not at all. Andrew. Even if he is abandoning us for other pastures, whatever. But at least we will get one more episode penned by him. So. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to break down the room there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't um, I I like the sheriff, the older sheriff in this episode. I love when the when the town law enforcement is just so like skeptical of anything odd happening or they just roll with it because this sheriff was because Sam says well you know what's there anything else unusual did you smell sulfur and he just turns around and looks at Sam like why would I smell sulfur you know like what's wrong with you son you know how'd you get that FBI badge kind of attitude (laughs) I enjoy that and it's like in um uh here we go again charades one with uh uh, was it Larkin the real girl? They're like in the Renaissance fair, and that sheriff says, you know, oh, these kids these days, you know, but they're or they're texting and they're murdering, texting and murder. Yes, you know, it's the same kind of thing. It wasn't even dazed. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. Point. I feel like we're just starting every episode like it's like it's psych. The one with the the one with the the one with the Mhm. Um, very friends today. Like you know, the one with the oh god, that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's all twisted. Uh, all with people killing everyone and drawing and blood. Okay, all over but that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, I hope the, that's true. The one barely with narrows all the it blood. down. The one with the blood. Yeah, barely narrows it down. Set. And being upset, and then he's and then he's you know drinking. You know, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, that put, one. Um, okay, that. Yeah, I would have put something about Sam, but then again, rage blackout. So let's not do that. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there's another little scene that I I loved, and I'm I'm sorry, it's Sam's in it. I I have to talk about it, but it's just so you can uh, talk about scene. him all you want. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm just going to call you Summer Roberts until the end of the season. <laughs> I like it. Oh, Sam Winchester is my new Seth Cohen. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, welcome, welcome to the OC. <laughs> oh, um, this is glorious. Yes. Anyway, this. The scene where I think it's Billy, the 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 kid who um who went into the diner and he stabbed that poor waitress in the hand with a knife. But like, oh my god, that was horrible. But two things about that: Sam had a salad to eat. You know, whatever else is going on, you know, all's right with the world of Sam is having a salad. And it also it's one of my favorite things where we get we can sometimes see that third-party outsider view of somebody else seeing Sam or Dean, not like how we know they are, but just how incredibly fast and badass they can be because, you know, he took Billy down with that knife in like half a second, and he looked mm-hmm. like he would not be able to do that at all. He's, a, he's sitting there in a suit eating a salad. Like, you go right on by, you've never even guessed that he could be as badass as he is. I, I, and you can imagine the other people in the diner and the waitress thinking, wow, you know. <laughs> from zero yeah, everybody to went home with a story to tell that night. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I enjoyed that. Actually, the waitress is his mom. Just remember that. See, that kind of Sam I can totally talk about. We're fine. Everything's okay. fine. <laughs> Whenever Sam is eating salad, I have to think back to flash fiction where um, the Sam and Dean Leviathans are eating, and the Sam Leviathan calls it dead plants with creamy goo. It's like eating self-righteousness. That is a a good line. (laughs) That is one of my favorite lines in the series. (laughs) (laughs) Dead plants with creamy goo. Mm. <laughs> Sounds delicious. <laughs> I feel like I should have more to say about this episode, and I, I honestly don't. I feel like we got, there wasn't a whole lot of progression in it, which mm. I feel like seems to be the theme of season nine. I feel like season nine is a treadmill. You're running and you're running, but you're not. I'm not getting anywhere. But I'm I'm exhausted. (laughs) I will say that I am quite exhausted. (laughs) 
I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way because I think there have been some really standout moments and episodes. But like I said before, I don't. I have no idea what, where we're. That's not true. I have an idea where we're going. I have, I have theories, of course. But um, mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, I'm going to burn down everything. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because if I'm wrong, there was no point. <laughs> if I'm wrong, 23 episodes of no point, give me this year back. <laughs> but if I'm right, bravo. <laughs> well played, writers. <laughs> so it, it all hinges on 22 and 23 for me. But, um, yeah, it's going to be season nine on a treadmill. That's what I want to call it. Again, I think it's that it's just it's you're stuck and you've got 23 hours to fill. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I like this episode, but you're right. I mean, something's happened. We got a little bit more things, but I'm not sure what else to discuss. I think we're, we're no, I mean, I, I really feel like the most the most progression we got was confirmation of what we already thought was that Crowley was play, is playing Dean, he's manipulating Dean, mm-hmm. which we already knew. So I feel like, you know, like I say, we're just getting confirmation of what we already know and more depth mm-hmm. in that. And um, mm-hmm. you know, we've had, you know, in the in a couple different interviews, we've had different people say, you know, this is the parallel to season four, and Crowley is Dean's Ruby. Mm-hmm. And this episode made it very, very apparent. You know, not only do you get the, mm-hmm. not only do you get the parallel of that Dean is, air quote, cheating on Sam with Crowley, huge air quotes around that, um, because Crowley <laughs> makes that show, yeah. Uh, Crowley, Crowley makes the joke multiple times, but, um, you know, you also, the manipulation, because that's what Ruby did so well, was just that really quiet manipulation of Sam that Dean is doing, mm-hmm. that Crowley is doing to Dean. Yes. And this one, that was, this one I was happy to see um, Henry Winchester again. And it was fun to find out what, where Josie and Abaddon actually came from. But I, I like Henry. I think Gil McKenney does a great job. And it was kind of fun to see him dressed as a priest because, again, it's a Winchester family tradition. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's a good yeah, Um <laughs> Speaking of Winchester traditions, what was Sam's FBI name? I thought I heard Agent Leiter. Could you tell? Because, you know, they're always fun. The, the, I really did not pay attention to that. I'm going to be completely honest. I thought it was. I might have had. Lighter. I might have had a rage blackout just because he was on screen. <laughs> okay. Was he on the phone at the same time that he was saying his name? Because that might have attributed to a rage blackout right there. Uh, it, it no, was he was talking to the sheriff, right? No, it's being sarcastic. His FBI alias was Lighter, L-E-I-T-E-R, and I think don't don't um, you know don't you know I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think there was a James Bond character named Lighter. 
There is Felix Leiter. He was an American, uh, I believe, CIA agent that Bond worked with in in several books. Um, but uh, uh, ah, he was in. If you watch the Daniel Craig movies, he was in Casino Royale. I really, I really liked him. He looks very different in the movies than he does in the books. And Felix Leiter. Um, it's like the star of the chapter that has the best title ever because in the Bond books, sorry, spoiler alert, Felix Leiter loses an arm to a shark because one of the Bond bad guys keeps one in a tank. And I'm sorry, I can't think of the name of the book right now. But the name of the chapter was he disagreed with something that ate him. <laughs> it's always been one of those wonderful things, you know, your whole words. But anyway, yes, Felix Leiter is was a James Bond character. Um, when he said lighter, I thought he was maybe thinking Star Wars because Sam's a kind of geek and he's used Wedge Antilles and I thought, well, Dark Lighter, big Dark Lighter. But it was James Bond this time. Which makes sense because Sam isn't really you know, you always get the idea that Sam's not the one that comes with all the musical, comes up with the musical aliases. Although I'd like to believe that he was responsible for the Fleetwood Mac one, but you know, <laughs> that's, neither here, that's neither here nor there. But I'd like to believe that that was all Sam. That would be fun. Oh. We have a caller. Um, hello, caller. I'm sorry you've been waiting a bit. I'm going to put you on. Area code 719. Hello. Hello. 719. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. 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 Do you have a question or comment? Yeah, I just wanted to know you guys' opinions on something. Um, In this episode, I just wanted to know what you thought about what happened to Henry's wife, Millie, because they just mentioned her name in this episode. And we didn't really know anything about her, and we still don't. Yeah, that, this was the first time we heard her name, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, we've never heard anything about her before. So I just wanted to know what you guys think might have happened to her. That's a good question. That, <laughs> it's a great question. I think it could be one of those things where it's, you know, they they put up like, I don't know, little index cards or little notes on their whiteboard and they say, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Millie Winchester and we just haven't gotten to her yet. But yeah, she's definitely someone yeah. to speculate about. How much did she know about Henry? How much did she know anything about what she truly was? Was she just, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say just, but at the time, um, she could be a housewife. She's Sam and Dean's grandmother. So, mm-hmm. I feel I feel bad that I actually hadn't really thought about her, and I want now. Now I wonder. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because I was wondering about that. Like, do you think she could still be alive? Maybe. I would. Uh, I I wouldn't think mm-hmm. so. Because hmm. surely, to goodness, we'd have seen her somewhere by now. She was still alive. Yeah. Look, no, you always get the idea know. that. 
Yeah, you always get the idea that Samadine, you know, was it that they didn't have any family or was it that John just separated from, you know, all ties? would be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. I would think that, this is going to sound really morbid in a way, but I would like, to, I don't mean this way it's going to come out, I swear. I would like to think that by the time uh, Mary died that she was dead as well. <laughs> but I say that, I say that because it would make me worry that either that that the demon would have gone after her or someone something would have used her against John and the boys at a very young yeah, age. Yeah, that's true. And so more like, more in a way of, for her own safety, I hope she was dead. Like that's, I, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> it sounds cool to say, but that's, that's what I would have said. Okay. It would yeah. be yeah. It would be interesting to maybe have a flashback of her. Yeah, that know, would be maybe, cool. Uh, maybe of Dean, of her knowing Dean, like right when Sam was born, or Dean having this really foggy memory of his grandma kind of thing. That would be interesting. I yeah, would, that would, would be cool. I would be really interested in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also I was wondering if you guys thought that the way Henry essentially, like, abandoned Millie, if that, like, kind of affected the way that Millie raised John. Mm-hmm. And then, in turn, how John raised Sam and Dean. How it was kind of like a family thing, how they'd all been, like, abandoned. Mm-hmm. And he's like, can you the cycle? Because yeah. it wasn't... Henry's intention to abandon her. Right, but she like just, I just think maybe Millie thought that he did because if she didn't oh, know, you know, you get you the know. impression of what John, what, the way John acts about it, from what he knew. Yeah, he didn't know he was a legacy. That he and Millie were quite bitter about it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, she could have you, married you know, they them, they should, which has been the the, the headcanon speculation for a lot of people. That when John speaks about his father, he really means stepfather, and there's just yes. you know, but we don't know for yeah. sure at this point, so it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can't really mourn someone that you don't know. Ha- you know, you don't know something happened, and you just think they're gone. They abandoned yeah. me. So I could definitely mm-hmm. see some resentment on her part. Okay, yeah. But, you know, given that we already know, you know, we know we're getting a season 10, it would be something interesting since they're really being, you know, they really seem to be diving into their past on the Winchester side, or before mm-hmm. it was very much their past on the Campbell side. It would be, it would. I would really enjoy seeing something to call back to her. Yeah, I would really like to see that too. Mhm. Yeah, it's a nice little feed. You know, threw it out there. Mhm. Yeah, season ten definitely more now that we've met Henry. Maybe we'll get scenes with him and Millie and find out more about like you say, how she dealt with 
losing Henry and John. Yeah, like how did and she it, deal and with it? And it explaining uh-huh. why John is was the way he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. So maybe we'll have season ten time for a grandma. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Thanks for calling. Okay, do you have any other questions or comments? No, that was or... it. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you for giving us something to chew on. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Millie. I feel kind of bad. Yeah, I feel kind of bad because I completely forgotten about that moment. Watching it, I was like, "Oh wow, we have a first name for Grandma!" Just (laughs) Millie Winchester, right out of my head. Yes, (laughs) Millie, very much a name of the '50s too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Josie. I love that Josie was kind of like, well, not kind of. She was an anomaly to be a woman of letters, which is not even not only something that would be an anomaly now, but in the fifties even. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think that's really neat. Just as well as yeah. I think is. Yeah, and Henry certainly treated her as an equal. I don't mm-hmm. know if all of them did, but he certainly did. So. And I wonder. I well, wonder you get she... the idea. Hmm? She went. I, I think if you notice, the Winchesters are always, unless it's a female who's a demon, and then you know, being just no holds barred. But they're very. You always get the idea that the Winchesters find women just extremely competent. It's not that you're mm-hmm. a woman, it's just can you do the job? And if you can do right. the job, I care what your gender is. But yes. you know, for such a, a male dominated cast and having only two the two leads being male and the issues that do arise with the show at times, whether you agree with them or not, um, is debatable. But that seems to be quite the, the constant within the within the narrative. Clearly, the men of letters also seems to think as long as you can competently do the job, we don't care. Mm. Although when Dorothy showed up in the Wizard of Oz episode this year, she was shocked to see Charlie because she felt like the men of letters didn't. Mm. But Dorothy was a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and again, it it kind of comes down to those things where you think, it wasn't so much the mental letters, did they disregard her because she was a woman or because she was a jerk? I think it's because she was a jerk. (laughs) I mean, she redeemed herself within the episode, but she started off as a jerk. (laughs) I don't think there's much more to say. I I think we're going to say is there anything else? Um, The only thing I can think of that I wanted to mention was that um, our Facebook page 
reached 500,000 likes this week. That's huge. Almost, you know, that's half a million likes. We're right now at 512,000 likes. So thank you, everybody, who follows us over there on Facebook and those who follow us on Twitter, too. It's just humbling, and we, we really do appreciate every one of you. Mm-hmm. Even Bob from Chattanooga. <laughs> Very important. does follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We appreciate you too. We may not mm-hmm. agree with you and, and strongly dislike what you say, but <laughs> but you matter as a person, as a human being. And on Twitter, I believe we're closing in on 140,000 followers, which is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Any Very supernatural news? Yes. Any uh, supernatural news, events, charities, anything we need to mention? Um, kind of in the middle of a three-week hiatus dry spell. Yep. Next new episode, April 15th. Um, you know, also in the United States, is Income Back Day. <laughs> so... And, um, oh, well, Kevin Parks. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Kevin's Bride to Conquer Cancer. So their uh, donations can be placed. Um, right. I heard Dean takes a shower in a couple weeks. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Should be interesting. Should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, Misha, Misha Collins won the social media showdown. Uh, he beat Norman Reedus, who was one of the most gracious losers I've ever seen. <laughs> I know, um, right? Yeah, it was lovely. He was like, you know, well played. Well played. And, and uh, just love you guys. So I thought that was Norman's nice. a big sweetie. He's, I, I've never met him, but I think he's pretty awesome. He's very interesting and Quirky and good, so yeah. he seems very grateful. I tend to not be a poll person. I don't. I just don't have the patience for polls. Mm-hmm. It's just not in me. Hats off to every to people who actually vote in the polls and vote more than once. Because not only do mm-hmm. I forget, but I just I'm so easily distracted that I'm like, oh, I supposed to vote for something? Mm, whatever. <laughs> So that would have been really difficult for me because, you know, I know Norman Reedus fan from Boondock Stage days, you know, and then, you know, have, you know, being a Walking Dead fan too, I've been like, one vote for you, one vote for you, one vote for you, one vote for you. So I just can't, can't. Yeah, so some of those are really, better than that was a hard one. one. It's better that I am the person that's going, vote for what? What's going on? There's a poll? Didn't we just do a poll? Why are there always polls? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of polls, and I I tend not to. I mean, sometimes I vote, but it, I pick and choose, and I, I don't go too crazy. And that was a tough one because I love Norman and I love Misha, and they're both a lot of fun on Twitter. So it's like whatever, get anything yeah. for winning those bragging rights for you know an hour or so till the next poll pops up. <laughs> exactly. It's such an. I feel like it's got to be such an empty win because the minute you're like, I won. Wait, let's hold now. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's just so on to the next. So, yeah. but congratulations and for me, sure, because you know when family wins, family wins. Yeah, and I'm enjoying the 
I don't even know what to call it, some kind of relationship between Misha and William Shatner on Twitter. Which <laughs> I'm so perplexed about how William Shatner and, and Orlando Jones are, are in our fandom. What <laughs> happened? We went from the show that nobody had ever heard of <laughs> to... Such a William Shatner. <laughs> How? I know, and my, my dream guest stars for next year are William Shatner and Orlando Jones. You know, I'm I fascinated. Not, not even just the the that William Shatner's like, oh, Jared, yes, Anisha. But then he's this completely CW boy now. Like, what? How are you watching all the CW shows? What is what is going on? <laughs> I know he was carrying on about Starfrost, Starfrost, <laughs> Arrow, like everything. What? What? What's going on? It's so perplexing to me. I'm like, but you're William Shatner. You realize that, right? <laughs> <laughs> like you do commercial with Keely Cuoco. Yeah, and, and Jim Beaver organizing a dishwiz team. Yes. I don't even know like okay. what universe this is it this is, but it is parallel to something because I don't even know how all this happened, but I find it hilarious and fascinating. I just I don't even know what to do with it's, it. It's like in the real Fantastic. universe Supernatural got cancelled in season two. You know? <laughs> yeah, but in in this alternate universe we're going into season we're going into season ten and William Shatner is a fan. Yeah. Okay. I like this universe better. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll stay here. I don't understand it, but we'll stay here. Yeah. That's good. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening very, very much. I meant to mention uh, not only can you find podcast information on media blog talk radio media boulevard and our website but you can also subscribe and download through itunes uh which is always handy and we appreciate all our listeners and we'll be back with a new podcast after the next new episode which airs on april 15th i hear tell someone's in the shower in that episode Spoiler alert, Jensen's wet and has no shirt. (laughs) Jensen's wet and there's tattoos. (laughs) Ah, continuity. Love continuity. And speaking of Jensen Ackle, if you want something to do while uh, Supernatural is uh, not, uh, don't have a new episode, we have lots of uh, podcasts from the past, many great special guests, including... Jensen Ackles, one of the most recent ones, so you can um, find all those links at winchesterbrows.com or in Boston, And Misha Collins. Oh. And so, Misha. Who is a year and a half, whose podcast is a year and a half old and is due for a new one. Just saying. Misha. Just saying. Yep, Misha. And there's someone who hasn't been on. There uh, is. You know, in the top three. There is, we're missing someone, so... It's about, it's about that time. Mr. Pender, I don't know how to talk about Sam. <laughs> this could be, not be a good idea, possibly. But we will keep you guys posted on Facebook and Twitter. 
And that's it. That's it. Good night. Thank you. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody.